Hey, movie right. fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode number 26. Now, Josh is having some technical issues on his end. He says something about something breaking, but thankfully, I have a great backup plan on a buddy of mine that's been wanting to come on the show for a while. Joe, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm I'm really excited. There's plenty of news to talk about. Um, we got one real big piece of news that's dominating the headlines. Marvel has officially acquired Fox. The deal has finally wow. gone through. This is thing has been development for so long. I remember talking to you about this almost a year and a half ago. Practically. Yeah, I think it was, we first heard, started hearing rumors like what, November, December, that this may actually happen. Man, legal jargon takes forever, I guess. He does. So, when this first came out, what what's like now that it's officially happened, I know we've talked about this before off mic, but what do you hope comes out of this Fox Marvel merger deal? Most definitely a a decent, hopefully a, a great Fantastic Four movie because we needed one for so long. Do you want Fantastic Four first or X Men first? I'm I'm fine with either or because because of the fact that we've had. X-Men movies, like, I'm okay, like, waiting, like, taking a small break in between, but we're going to have Dark Phoenix soon, so that's, so we're probably not going to get, like, too much of a break anytime soon. Yeah, I, I'm more, I'm with you there. I want Fantastic Four before X-Men, primarily because X-Men has had some successful movies. Fantastic Four, really, every single time, it's failed. Um, what would you want from a Fantastic Four movie, an MCU Fantastic Four movie? I mean, definitely... The type where the heroes are already, you know, heroes, but of course, flashbacks to origin, because I'm pretty sure a lot of people by now know their origin in terms of like, you know, they got hit by awesome radiation. Here they are. They're just a superhero family. Some of them, Ben Grimm always, you know, still adjusting to the fact that he's a monster. But of course, you know, Reed Richards doing his science thing and all that. That's just my viewpoint. I mean, for a villain, however, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against it. If they put Doctor Doom, but I wouldn't mind not seeing him as the first villain. Yeah, I agree. I don't put Doctor Doom in the very first movie because he's the big bad. Not just of Fantastic Four, but almost like all the MCU. He's one of the big bads. So I think you build up to him. I think you have an easy avenue with Captain Marvel already introducing the Skrulls, who are also a big Fantastic Four villain. That's your back door right there. Yeah, they could bring in the Super Skrulls since, you know, face. We're going to... They already dubbed the... <clears throat> the all all the first fa- first three phases as the Infinity War saga. So right there, like that's that's gonna be done. And then phase four will be whatever they come up with, which I heard is gonna be like more cosmic and space stuff. So definitely Captain Marvel is leading the front of phase four. Yeah, I've heard either this new like like you said, the first three phases were the Infinity Saga. This could either be the cosmic saga or the secret saga, like more of a secret invasion. Right, right. Uh, which I'd be down for. Uh, yeah, I would like to see the scrolls with Fantastic Four more than anything. I just want a good Fantastic Four movie. Um, do you have casting ideas for Fantastic Four or director choices for Fantastic Four? I mean, it could. Directors I would trust, though. I feel like anybody who's messed with space stuff, I guess, you know, people like James Gunn and all that, but. I mean, I'm going to be fine whoever has, like, a decent reputation or, like, you know, needs to be put on the map a little better. Like, I would definitely 
personal choice right now, now that I'm thinking about it, I could <clears throat> would put the guy that made that that Power Rangers short way back when, you know, like a futuristic type Power Rangers, like they're all they're all divided and all that, you know, Tommy Oliver's on his own. Yeah, I remember which one you're talking about. I don't remember the director for that, but yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Uh, One that I heard earlier today that I was like, oh, yeah, that's it's so obvious. So why hasn't anybody said it? Primarily because it's too obvious. Uh, Brad Bird, who did The Incredibles. Yeah, I could see him. He does a good fan because he does well with not only in terms of like a superhero movie, but like he does good with portraying a a family adjusting to like a real world with their powers. You know, it's like never. It's like you know, guys, we're we used to be normal people. We're about hey, we're a family. We got to stick together. He does good character stories, and I'm actually going to talk he about does. a Brad Bird movie later for our main discussion, which will be um, animated films that we actually want a live action remake for. I'm going to absolutely right. be talking about a Brad Bird movie later. Uh, um, I initially thought maybe John Krasinski to direct and also stars Mr. Fantastic. Ooh. And have Emily Let's Blunt see. as the invisible woman. Mm. Let's see. Well, I mean, I haven't thought about all the actors so far. Just like you right now with Mr. Fantastic and, and, um, invisible woman. In terms of like the, like in terms of the look, like because I don't always like go for performance half the time. Like of course I want a good performance, but like in terms of like capturing the look in a way, I wouldn't mind the guy who plays Poe Dameron in, in Star Wars movies. Now he could be in terms of the look, like his hair could like definitely pull off the Reed Richards style if they if it could. What about him for Doctor and Doom? Doctor Doom would be good too, you know. I, but I don't I see him too really much. I haven't thought as about a, him in the MCU, but I like. I want. Po, I want Oscar Isaac now in the MCU. I, I'm down for that suggestion. Yeah, and then of course um, she still looks good for her age, and she kind of captures like that, you know, like a a nice like, <clears throat> you know, like the mom, the mom and big sister or big sister figure in. In a, movie, in a movie, at least from what, how I see her visually, um, <clears throat> she was also in the recent Star Wars movie. That I'm not great with names, but the lady that plays Ellie Sattler in in Jurassic Park was also a commander. Yeah, really. I can see her as invisible. I can see her as invisible woman. Maybe she could pull off like in terms of like you know just like being like trying to hold everybody together. You know, like stick together, guys. You know, because half the time, invisible woman is trying to keep everybody in check. Yeah, being the mom of the group. Being the mom of the group, big sister to Johnny and all that, and of course, you know, comforting Ben half the time. The one that I initially was like, no, but the more I think about it, it would actually be pitch perfect, is uh, for the Human Torch, casting Zac Efron. (laughs) I actually thought of that, too. I was like, he's exactly, like the stereotypical, like people that don't follow Zac Efron that closely, the stereotypical thought with Zac Efron is everything Johnny Storm is. People are just like, he's just the attractive guy that all the ladies like. That is exactly Human Torch. Exactly. I mean, plus he, despite his his, his age right now, like he's already in like early 30s right now by now, mm-hmm. right? Or at least late 20s. So like, even despite that, like he sometimes has like little stubble or beard. Like once, once he's like has a clean shave, he has that baby face. So he'll definitely like have be like a little look more like a little brother to to Susan Storm and all that. Of course, like being the hyperactive guy around the group. So, but also, know, that's just me. 
thinking in terms of crossover, Spider-Man teams up with Human Torch a lot. I would love to see Tom Holland interact with Zac Efron. I think that would be just great. I mean, now with definitely with the Fox merger, Deadpool. I hope Deadpool makes a reference to Chris Evans being the Human Torch. He he meets Captain America and says, "Hey, Johnny," and Cap's like, "What? My name's Steve." That oh man, I would love that. That's I, I have a whole Deadpool. side tangent about why I think Deadpool is a good idea, but we'll save that for another time. Um, yep, yep. However, Marvel has some other big news, like. I think this is almost on par with the Fox News in terms of how big it is, and that's Disney has reinstated James Gunn as the director of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I did not see this coming at all. I mean, I'm happy for him, definitely. I'm not totally surprised because... Because of the fact that like he's done, like I still like, a lot a lot of people love Guardians One still more than than two, but like he does so oh, well do. with the one's better, I with think. the direct, definitely. But um, he does so well with did so well with the movies and the revenue. I guess like he's a great director, and I was like I was what surprised me was him getting five. But when Gabriel was like, yeah, I knew you were going to bring him back because you can't the Guardians will not no. The way the Guardians is directed will not be the same if they without him. Yeah, almost any other Marvel movie, I think they could recast. But from day one, Guardians was very much James Gunn's movie. And then when they fired him, right. the cast made it very clear that they didn't want anybody but James Gunn doing the movie. And even other directors right. like uh, Thor Ragnarok director Taika Waititi, almost, they talked about bringing him in. And he's like, no, that's, that's James Gunn's movie. I'm not touching that. So it's nice right. to see Disney kind of backpedal and be like, okay— we acted too abruptly. We acted too brash. That This is on us. James, come back. Right. But not only is he coming back, exactly. he's still staying on to direct The Suicide Squad. So he's going to be one of the first directors, if not the first director, to direct both a DC movie and a Marvel movie. Oh, yeah. I, gotta, like, I respect the fact that he's you know, staying committed to his project. And especially since, you know, yeah, I mean, he did say he's contracted to it so he kind of has to do it but at the same time i respect for him like he like not trying to back out of it it's like let me put a different person no he's he's staying with it and i'm happy that he's gonna do that first since he started it and then we'll go back to guardians 3 yeah i as much as fans like to try and hype up that there's some big rivalry between marvel and dc i think they're smart enough to put business first and they as a company they both i think want the other to succeed because they know ultimately it only helps them so I right. like seeing Marvel and DC kind of play ball together in order to make James Gunn work for both of them. And that's kind of refreshing to see. I just hope that there's enough of a difference between the Suicide Squad and Guardians 3. And I, I believe there will be. I don't want it to be copy and paste, and I, I highly doubt it will be. I'll be very curious to see how this turns out, though. The dude's not going to get any sleep for the next couple of years, though. Right, definitely. But with Guardians, with the Guardians, I'm pretty sure he has like a basic formula will help him like work a little easier, especially since he has a relationship with the actor. So hopefully Guardians, he doesn't put too much stress on him, but definitely Suicide Squad, you know, they'll probably put a little stress on him. Yeah, Guardians 3, I feel like he's had that story for a while and that's why they're so adamant yeah. about he needs to be the one to do this. Even when they fired him, they were still going to use his script. So it's nice. Yeah. I think he's more or less had the story down for a while. So it's nice that he's going to be able to complete this trilogy out. Right. Well, speaking of trilogies, here's one that probably should have stayed a trilogy, but I personally am not complaining that we have more of it. We now have a full Toy Story 4 trailer as well as a new poster. Uh, Joe, what did you think of the Toy Story 4 trailer before I give my thoughts? Let's see. I will. The trailer, it's fine, but I get, for me, 
if you saw if you saw my post that I post social media, like to me, it's like a, a little much like Toy Story two in terms of, from the way they show Woody. You know, like once again deciding, you know, like he should he should, he should should he follow his own path or should he just go back to his kid? And you know, that's what I got from it. Yeah, I felt a lot of very similar themes from previous Toy Stories. Of it felt a little bit like just a combination of the first three Toy Stories just rolled into one movie. Yeah. I am very worried, though, that I kind of get the sense in this trailer that, like Stinky Pete and like Lotso Huggin' Bear, that Bo Peep is going to have, like, the plot twist that she's the bad guy halfway through. Maybe. I get the I mean, sense, and I don't like that. All right. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. I, and I kind of see that now that you mentioned it, but at the same time, like, you know, she she and Woody, Woody obviously have a, have a relationship. It still looks like you know that relationship hasn't really broken. They've just been apart for who knows how many years. But like, she'll probably just be the entire time coaxing him, like she is in the trailer, like coaxing him, like you know, you be your own toy. You know, just you know, you don't have to worry about kids. There's plenty of kids. You know, for now, just be free. And you know, Woody's gonna probably keep saying no and maybe be like tempted, but we'll still probably end end up back to Bonnie's arms. So. See, I don't think he ends up with Bonnie at the end. I I think, for lack of a better term, this is the final Toy Story. I know we said that about the last one, and probably the yeah. last one should have been because of how perfectly it ended. But um, I think this is the end of Woody's story. I don't think it's the last like Toy Story, Toy Story movie, but I think it's the right. end of the Buzz and Woody story, just like how right. um, Endgame is probably the end of like Cap's story, Iron Man's story. I think this is the end of Woody and Buzz's story. All right. But in, but in turn, in my opinion, like even if this may be ter- maybe the last one, or hopefully may like pave the road for something a little better, like I could see this turning into hopefully like I've always wanted this ever since Toy Story three. Like they could just keep making Toy Story shorts or make a little like TV show if they could, you know, just so they could at least you know show more adventures and toys that they want to keep going with the story and have multiple ideas. But in terms of the final movie. I feel the same way you do, but this might be the final movie. I think one of my issues with this trailer is it felt too much like those shorts that you'd mentioned. It feels very much like those animated shorts that air on TV. Right. It felt more like that than an actual Toy Story movie, and I don't I don't know why that was, but it, um, it just didn't feel like the previous Toy Story movies. I mean, like, well, I mean, with the Toy Story, like, Pixar has always had history. Has is you know always has a Pixar short, and that's what they're, and that's what a lot of people like don't really appreciate too much. Is like you know, like there, there's so many great animators, and they do so many shorts. Like that's pretty much what I see them as. You know, like just playing with new ideas, minus you know their movies. But like when it comes to like. Like what you said, now nah, nah, that you, you mentioned, I do see it as like another Pixar short. So it's just going to be longer, you know? Yeah, I guess we'll have to see. Um, every time I doubt Toy Story, they end up doing something great. Like I didn't think Toy Story 3 was going to be good and then it ended up being fantastic. So I've been proven wrong before, so we'll see. All right. Um, None. So this one um, I have mixed feelings about. We have a trailer for Stranger Things Season 3. I was not a fan of season two, and I don't think you are actually caught up on the show or have seen any of it. Is that right? Not, not, not at all. Like I didn't like I kind of like I could see why people love it. And like it's because I'm not too much of like a you know like thriller or like horror type of person. I was like I have an appreciation for it definitely, but like I'm not always like adamant on watching it greatly. But 
But in terms, but in terms of like I know how I could see like what make what makes us successful in terms of like the horror, the thriller, the mystery, and all that. I love mystery stuff, but no, I'm not seeing one single episode. So I I mean I like it, but I don't get how it's become this like global phenomenon. I think it's it's good. Season two was not very good, but um the season three three trailer gets me excited. It it was kind of weird. It felt like um Harry Potter of the first two, they look young, and then all of a sudden you get to uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, and they all seem to age drastically in between two and three. And that felt the same right. way for this. Of like, all of a sudden they're so they feel so much older, and the tones feel so much different. And I don't, I don't know. I'm on the fence about that as a whole. Right. I mean, it's because a lot of people love. I mean, when it comes to like movies like Harry Potter and all that, like, of course you want to because they go to a school. Of course, they have to grow up. When it comes to like a show where like they don't really focus on like school and all that, and you're seeing the characters grow, is like, well, I mean, it's not bad. I mean, they have to grow up eventually. It's just that should they keep the same actors or should they put it, you know, new actors in a different town or et cetera, or just like build a new universe that connects to it. You know, how, how like they're doing with kind of sort of Riverdale and, you know, the chilling Avengers of brand. They eventually will have a crossover like in the comics, but that's just me. Yeah. I'll, we'll see how season three is. So long as we don't get another Demogorgon, I think I'll enjoy it greatly. Now, this, I think, is probably the most interesting piece of news all week. And it's kind of a weird piece of news. Um, so the next Wonder Woman movie, Wonder Woman 1984, Patty Jenkins, right. uh, it wasn't Patty Jenkins, someone involved with the production of the film, I forget who, has come out and said that while it's got the original cast and everything, this is not a sequel to Wonder Woman. Um, what? So I feel like from what I'm... Well, I can understand from, like, it's not a sequel, but it's a prequel, like, I guess. How? It's set in 1984. (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, so, like, okay, when when did World War II happen? Because this should definitely be after World War II, definitely, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's it's, it's a prequel to, like, I guess still a prequel to, like, the at, to the current, Wonder Woman, like a prequel to Batman v Superman and Justice Ford. League. Although I guess that's what that's what I'm trying to understand. If it's set in that time period, so I'm like, okay, I guess that's the only reason it could be if it's a prequel before then, but still after the whole World War II stuff. Because I mean, if what would, what would throw me off if Chris Pine was in, I'm like, okay, when is this? What happened between within war, afterwards? Like. Yeah, uh, but that, the fact that he's in it, I'm just kind of curious how they're going to bring him back. But it's like, just because your movie doesn't play, take place immediately after the movie doesn't mean it's not a sequel. This It's still a sequel to me. Just because it's set like 40 years later, right. it's still a sequel, no matter what you want to call it. It's just weird that they're phrasing it as such. Yeah. So, well, I mean, with Chris Pine, since if it's going to be definitely after World War II, I guess we're probably going to see like just a flashback during your time at, during the war, as well as maybe that, you know, spoil, uh, spoiler for this movie, like, you know, that moment where like they were alone one night and then it just transitions immediately to the next morning. I'm like, what did they do? Did they um, do do whatever? Or was it, you know, like a, a conversation that they had, like a deep conversation? So. The theory right now is that he's brought back to life via Hades, which would make sense because 
gods and whatnot. Yeah. The one that I think right. is a bit out there, but I'm so down for, is um, Dr. Fate is somehow involved. Which, expanding the DC world, I'm all in favor of, but I think that's a little too far out there this early in the game of the DC universe so far. I mean, if it's 84, I'm pretty sure it will be Kent Nelson, definitely. Or Kent Nelson, Dr. Fate. So it would make sense to have him because... There have been variations of Kent Nelson and that being young, being old, but definitely they're going to be using old Kent Nelson if he's brought in. So, oh, yeah, I'd be down for Dr. Fate. Fate. I just think he's yeah. too out there for now. I wouldn't be advert opposed to like him coming in eventually, but I think still we're still relatively early enough in the DC universe. I think Dr. Fate might be a little too soon. A little too soon, but, like, if he's in talks, then, you know, that's hopefully what I think. You know, they're going to use Kent Nelson, hopefully. So Yeah, I, I'd be down for it. I like Dr. Fate a lot. Now, yeah. Um, update on the Flash movie. So, mm-hmm. uh, apparently, the Flash movie has been in development hell for a long time. It's been no secret. Know. They've, been, like, hired and fired three separate directors. And now Ezra Miller's contract with Warner Brothers runs up in May. Now, he's getting more and more hands-on in, a, in an attempt to try and stay on to the project. He apparently is not agreeing with the director's direction for the movie. The directors who did, uh, these guys wrote Spider-Man Homecoming and directed the comedy Game Night, which I really enjoyed. Uh, they want to take more of a lighthearted approach to Flash, whereas Ezra Miller, the guy playing the Flash, wants more of a dark and serious Snyder tone. And so Ezra Miller is writing his own version of the story, and bringing in comics legend Grant Morrison to help him write the story. Um, I have a bad feeling that this is going to get ugly real quick. I feel like Ezra is going to try to appeal more to the fanboy side rather than, like, the casual moviegoer as well. Because, of course, like, it, it, of course, when comic books move, majority of the audience half the time is the fans. And we like to see, like, all the Easter eggs and all that. But, of course, we want to see, like, you know, like, a non a gore's perspective for it as well, trying to understand it, you know, because if he just puts in like just Easter egg, Easter egg, Easter egg, then like, no, we, we like this will not make sense to anybody and you'll lose money, half of your money. So I just don't think it comes across very professional when the directors right. want to come in. Also, keep in mind, these directors have been attached to this movie since January 2018. They've been attached to this movie for a while, and he's just now having some issues with it. It just comes across kind of unprofessional on his part of, I don't like the movie that they're making. I want to make my own movie. It's like, okay, you, there could be a thousand other actors that want to play Flash. You will have the right. privilege of being Flash, and you're not happy with the story, so you want to bring in somebody else that just doesn't come across as very professional as much as grant morrison's a great comic book writer he doesn't know right. how to write for movies and ezra miller i don't think has writing experience either so it's kind of i'd be real mad if i'm the directors because this just doesn't come across as okay trust us we know what we're doing it seems like he just wants his way he's very stubborn and if his contract runs up in may i could see warner brothers saying okay Follow up the path that we're trying to go on, or we'll let you go. Right. That's probably what most likely what happened from the way you put it. Because, true, the directors at the end of the day are the ones that are like, you know, this is what we want to do, and we want to make it as good as, you know, comfortable for you, but of course, comfortable for our 
audience as well. And unfortunately, if you cannot comply with our wishes in terms of like finding a middle ground, then I'm sorry, but sort of might as well have to find someone else. Hope, hopefully we can. Yeah. Would you be upset if they got rid of Ezra Miller as the Flash? Would you be sad about that? I, after seeing Justice League, like, I have mixed feelings about Justice League. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's not the most fantastic DC movie still either. Like, still not the DC movie, the Justice League movie we need on the big screen. But in terms of Ezra Miller, he does fine in terms of, like, you know, being a lighthearted, you know, hero and kind of sort of being a little bit of a glue to the group. But if him being lost, because he wasn't my first thought at all for the Flash. If anything, I was hoping like you know the Arrow versus Flash would get the big screen role, but no, nah, he didn't get it. Yeah, I I liked but didn't love Ezra Miller's Flash. My problem was he he was a fun character, but he wasn't Barry Allen. He wasn't the Flash. Right. Like the Flash is He's very not- much different. I if he gets replaced, it's not the end of the world for me. Like. Ben Affleck's Batman. Right. I really liked Ben Affleck's Batman, but I wasn't heartbroken because I could see the writing on the wall that he was leaving. The same thing here with Ezra Miller. Right. I think he's gone. I think they're replacing him, and I don't think it's a huge loss. They'll get an actor that wants to be there, that wants to work with the directors, and I know it's a right. minor nitpick, but can we please get a blonde actor this time? Flash <laughs> TV show hasn't gotten it right. The movies haven't gotten it right. Barry is blonde. He is blonde. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm an aesthetics person. Uh, I hated the Flash suit, so maybe we can get a good Flash suit this time. I I just want something that feels more like Barry Allen to me. And he's not irreplaceable. I can absolutely see them recasting him, which is sad because you could tell he has such enthusiasm and passion, and I don't want to take anything away from him in that department. Clearly, he wants to play the Flash, but at a certain point, you just kind of have to cooperate with your bosses, and if you don't want to do that, then maybe it's time to move on, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Now, the one that has been in development hell for a while but is slowly but surely getting out of it is the Matt Reeves Batman movie, which the more we slowly start to hear about it, the more I'm getting excited for it. So the rumors floating around right now is while we don't have a Batman, we have some speculation that this movie will be set in the 90s, which solves the Ben Affleck issue because it's early in Batman's career, which the rumors are right now. It's also being rumored that Penguin is the main villain, but there's going to be a lot of side villains, a la Arkham City, Arkham Knight. And the most minor of details, but gets me the most excited, the rumor right now is the Batsuit will have white eyes, like the comics. Mm -hmm. Which, that is a minor detail, but oh, I've wanted the white eyes forever. I mean, I I loved it when... Deadpool and I have not I still haven't seen the movie but Captain Marvel you know they have like the white eyes with their mask I'm just like this is this is right this is perfect they can animate when it comes to Deadpool and Spider-Man they can animate properly the expressions with the eyes but when it comes to Captain Marvel it looks fantastic when it's just you know stationary so that's when I saw that little the little news bit that when we sent me the, the notes I was like wait white eyes I didn't hear about that I heard about the 90s part but what that's amazing yeah. the white eyes oh White eyes, and it may be asking too much for me, but I don't care. White eyes and the blue bat suit, please. Like the 70s and 80s Batman. Mm. I, mean, I mean, we're dealing with... Well, I mean, I'm not saying, like, the 70s suit has to be, like, it, the movie has to be set in the 70s, but, like, I wouldn't mind seeing 70s suit Batman, or at least, like, seeing it in a glass case, you know, because we know Batman has multiple suits throughout the years, so... 
Yeah, have we ever seen the blue one even in like in the background in anywhere? No, because I don't think none of the Batman have like had multiple suits. Not even like um, I mean, Christian Bale only had multiple suits, but he always like you know got rid of the last one and just like keeps one in his in his case. But like none, of them, like none of them, they they just like open up like the case and there's the suit, this the current suit. There's no like line of suits anywhere. Not even like scuba suit or like the robotic suit in the background. So. Yeah, I always like seeing that in the comics or in the animated stuff of seeing the line of suits. Even if he doesn't wear it in the movie, I would just like to see him wear the blue suit just just once. Honestly, in my right. perfect world, you just do a live action version of Batman animated series suit, white eyes and all. Oh yeah, I mean, there's. I think I heard there's like a rumor or like talks of the of a Batman Beyond movie, but that's probably yeah, that's always floating around day. there. I don't know if I buy that yet. But that'd be great. Yeah. So uh, they will show like you know the the old like regular black suit, and then they'll show like next to it like the the red and black suit for Terry McGinnis. But that's a future topic for you, I, I bet. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So with this Matt Reeves Batman movie, we've talked about it in episodes previous, but I want to get your thoughts. What are you kind of hoping to see from this Batman movie? What do you think about Penguin possibly being the main villain, and what side villains would you like to see? I mean, it's obvious that when it's still taking place in the current kind of sort of DC universe. So I assume like we're not too far. We're definitely not too far from a 2000. So it's definitely going to be Batman that has experience. So it's so definitely Matt Reeves would probably have to play, you know, a bit like, you know, he's done this a while. Not like a newbie, like, you know, it's like, I don't know how to use my grapple yet, you know, properly. So it's so definitely what I hope for is, you know, he... He has been Batman for a while, but he's probably been doing like low level thugs and like Penguin probably be like his first major thug, like a major crime boss. Yeah, I've heard it's it is early in his career, but I like that idea of he's been doing for a little bit, but he's been doing like low level stuff. And then all of a sudden, like a big player comes along. Right. Also, no Joker, please. Can we just not have Joker for a while? Not for a while, but I wouldn't be against the Red Hood Joker's previous persona to be like making an appearance somewhere, hmm. uh, maybe may mentioned. Yeah, like he's the throwaway villain at the beginning of the first one, and then Joker's the main villain in the third movie. Like bring it full circle type right. thing. Yeah, definitely. Like for the like for the fans, like definitely that would be like a great Easter egg instead of just like, of course, the current Red Hood Jason. I have no problems with Jason Todd's Red Hood, but like you know, I like. I would like that little like Easter egg because not many people knew that Joker was the Red Hood previously that much. And then for the regular audience members, like Red Hood, who is that? They look it up, they think it's Jason Todd. I was like, no, it's not Jason Todd. <laughs> yeah, I've long since wanted an Under the Red Hood movie, but I don't think we're going to get it because that's an older Batman and this Batman's supposed to be younger. So we're not right. going to probably get Robin, not going to get Nightwing anytime soon, which makes me no. real sad. But... Um, I'm still excited for this movie, and I, I like that Red Hood idea. Like, don't bring in the real, like, Red Hood, but bring in, like, the Joker Red Hood of, like, an early plant the seeds for later movies. Um, right. In terms of side characters, I want stuff that we haven't seen before. So no Riddler, no Bane, no um, Catwoman. I don't want stuff that's been played out yet. Batman has such a great rogues gallery. I want stuff that we haven't seen before. Um, Zaz, Calendar Man... Um, Man Bat. I don't know how you do Man Bat, but I want him. I feel like Man Bat could be like they could probably put Kurt Langstrom somewhere in there, you know? 
Or maybe like, like the lizard in the original Spider-Man trilogy. True. Maybe if they if this one does well, they could like bring in Man Bat as the Nets. As I could see, I could see that. Or maybe thing with Man Bat just... is he's a good supporting villain. I don't think he's a main villain. Villain like he's a good side villain. Right. Maybe Penguin will like will like surprise Batman with using Kurt Langstrom. You know, like Kurt Langstrom might be in the movie and then like something goes wrong and then Penguin gets a hold of him and uses him as like his personal like monster guard. Maybe it's just because I'm thinking Arkham City, but sub out right. Man Bat for Solomon Grundy. Have Solomon Grundy be Penguin's muscle. Ooh. And then plus he would already be, oh no, that would make it. Because Solomon Grundy was a was a gangster from like the sixties, so yeah, but he can't, so can't die. Be... He's essentially a zombie. Solomon Grundy's yeah, like the I... one person Batman's okay with killing because he knows he'll always come back. He'll always come back. But like I was just thinking, like, oh, we could have young Grunt now because he's a gang. Well, I mean, he could come in, maybe be referenced or like pass by his tombstone or something. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, we now also have some progress being made on the Black Widow movie, which has also been yes. rumored forever. Now, I don't think this actress will be playing the lead role. I think that's still going to end up being Scarlett Johansson. But we now have yeah. other casting news, which kind of, to me, implies progress. So Florence Pugh, I believe that's how you pronounce her name, she most recently yeah. was in the movie Fighting With My Family, which I really enjoyed that movie. That movie was great. Um, she's mm -hmm. been cast in the movie. I don't know as what, but we have other castings, and that, that to me, implies progress. So this thing might actually happen now. All right. So they're definitely good. I feel from what they're talking about, the Widow movie is going to happen. They just, you know, I don't know who's – they're still just like figuring out who's going to be in it, what exactly the story may be. And to, and to be – and from what I heard is that she, like, she was actually casted – no initial idea to be the the Black Widow instead of Scarlett Johansson. So, and she doesn't look at she looks a teeny bit like Scarlett, just a teeny bit. She does look like so, a young like, Scarlett, which right. I don't know if I necessarily want a young one. I do still want Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow, but right. I'd be so okay with like, like this, a multiple timeline of like present day uh, Black Widow and previous Black Widow, like in sync type of storyline. All right. From what I heard from the progress is that you know it's probably it's probably going to be set in the in the current time or like before or sometime before Avengers, where like you know we're exploring a little bit of Black Widow's past a bit more and, and like with Scarlett Johansson still leading as Black Widow, but she's still but well, she's already like working for Shield and all that. So I feel like Florence Hugh is either this is from a different movie from a different theorist, like proclaims that she might be Black Widow's younger sister or could well, be... Well, we know it's the, not daughter. Yeah, but, or could be anti, the anti-Black Widow, you know, the other agents from the Red Room. So... If nothing else, I'm excited because I think Florence Pugh is a really great actress. She was great as Paige in Fighting With My Family and I would like to see more of what she can do in a movie and I'm... I'm excited to see a Black Widow movie finally happen. I still think sure. that probably should have been Marvel's first female-led superhero movie and not Captain Marvel just because um, Red... Not Red, whatever. Uh, Black Widow already had that established reputation with the fans. Right. 
And this movie's I mean, kind of taking too long to make, I think. They've been dragging their feet with this. But nice to see they're finally making it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in my in my opinion, when it comes to, like, movies that explores, like, a specific race or, like, a specific gender, you know, like, it's a little tricky sometimes. Like, sometimes, not all the time. It depends, like, what the story has to be where, like, it makes where it represents, you know, the gender or the culture or, you know, the race overall, like, you know, well, because, like, I know from reviews up to this point in terms of money for many people, like, Captain Marvel is a great movie, and yet there's a fam- there's a group where, like, they didn't like the movie a lot because, like, it screams feminism to a lot of people and a lot of people, that turns a lot of people off half the time. Yeah, those are, those are petty small people i didn't like the movie primarily just because i thought it was a narrative mess but i can get why people like it and i'm i will always respect the people that do like it if you like it hey that's awesome little girls will forever look up to captain marvel now and that's fantastic i didn't like the movie that much i thought it was kind of weak but i'm not going to look down on somebody that did like it that being said I want more female superhero movies in the MCU and the DCU, just in general. I like that we're getting more diversity in our comic book movies and we don't have the same formula, same type of characters. I like seeing Expanded World, and I think Black Widow can help with that diversity. Right, and so that's which leads me to probably think that maybe... Captain Marvel is like Mar- like the MCU's way of getting their feet wet when it comes to like a f- solo female hero movie since it's going to be, you know, like how to properly represent girl power, but also, you know, like be, you know, fun for great, fantastic for everyone. So, But the inner DC fan of me goes, if you want good female girl power, look at Wonder Woman first. Exactly. Like Wonder Woman did did right in terms of like not about like showing like great you know like girl power and all that, but like you know it's fun. It's great for everyone. It gives a good message. Everyone in terms of like you know like you know love like you know love your fellow person and they'll love you back and all that jazz. Yeah, I don't really know how to segue love your fellow neighbor into Google, but Google, yeah, Google now has we, stuff. We <laughs> Google is breaking themselves into the video game world, seemingly with this, like, press conference out of nowhere yesterday, which is the most random thing ever. Um, But apparently Google is getting themselves into gaming and has this whole new, I don't even call it console, because there's no console required. The Google Stadia, I think, is what it's called. I'm sure I'm forgetting what it's called. But essentially, it's Google's foray into games and essentially what it'll be is a completely console-less game of you could play it on your phone your tablet your tv anywhere that you can get a chrome connection you can play a video game on over the internet you don't have to download games anymore you can just stream them they're more or less saying it's going to be the netflix of gaming to which i'm just going okay first how is this going to work two can it work and three how can i sign up (laughs) <laughs> I mean, from I, I actually when I saw the notes, I decided to look at the conference and saw like the nutshell version. You know, it's like you said, they're they're gonna rely on you know like a Wi-Fi and of course you know Chrome connection or all that. And yeah, it's basically you know that little descript nutshell description. You know, it's like it's gonna be completely reliant on on Wi-Fi power and of course you know having a Chrome connection and probably Google. 
account or whatever. No, I feel like how how free is it or like how much are we going to be paying probably monthly or yearly for this? Because it's because I doubt the game game because they were demonstrating Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And I doubt, you know, like when it comes to like the actual like big game companies, they're not going to give stuff away for free. Definitely. Yeah, obviously not. But no matter how much they charge, it has to be a cheaper solution than buying a $400 to $500 system, buying a new $60 game every time. Like this, if this, if they're able to pull this off, this could be huge for games. That being said, Google, in terms of intervention, is not necessarily the ones with the best track record. Shall we bring up Google Glass? Oh, yeah, that... That great, that great thing there. Um, I mean, they try at least. You know, they put it out there. They, they have test, they have test model people to test with beta models, but like, hasn't been a successful track record. Not necessarily because the only product they're offering when it comes to the Stadia is the controller. As and so, whatever you have, other Google products at home, such as you know their little tablet, TV, computers. Like, okay, you got to have that in order for the controller to work. Otherwise, you just bought a controller for no apparent reason. From what I understand, you can use a PS4 or a um, Xbox controller, which I'd be very curious to see how that's going to function. But um, people have always been saying for a while now that they would like a Netflix for gaming, myself included, who's not an avid gamer. Like, I play, but I don't consider... I'm more of a movie person than a game person, but I'll still game. I think this could be a huge deal if... Again, big if, because Google's not Google's not spotless. Google Hangouts, Google right. Plus. They're not right. spotless, but if they can get this or even introduce a concept and then somebody else can further it, this could be a huge step forward in gaming. Right, and especially since they had the had that conference and showing like how smooth, you know, the gameplay is and all that, no matter what screen you put it on, is like, you know, you got to kind of live up to it a bit. Hopefully you could grease the few the right palms to get this controller functioning properly because if it turns out to be just like okay here you most definitely need a wi-fi connection if you don't sorry yeah uh, the last interesting piece that i saw with the conference is they're more or less if this happens if they are able to get this up and running exclusivity on consoles will be gone so like you enjoy spider-man but you can't play it because you have an xbox one why would right. you do that? First of all, that's not a problem anymore. Whatever game is available right. on PS4 will be available to everyone. Whatever's available on Xbox One will be available to everyone. And I, that's awesome. I'm so down with that. That goes beyond um, cross-platforming. That goes beyond anything else. I think that's a great idea to introduce. Uh, the co-op sounds yeah. fantastic. If th- Again, if this works, that's a big if. I mean... I guess Google is definitely like helping another step forward of just like tearing down those like exclusivity walls because I have multiple consoles and I have multiple exclusivity games just because I like when it comes to gaming, I love games with a great story. And there's so many games that are like, you know, have a fantastic story, but guess what? It's only on this console. So, but when Microsoft and Nintendo decided to like, let's do Crossplay. Let's start off with Minecraft and work our way up. And now there's going to be Xbox exclusive games heading over to the Switch. I'm just like, okay, this is some progress. I don't know. PS4 is still a little stubborn, but yeah, that's PS4 for you. Love it, but yeah, doesn't play well with others. 
Yeah, but Stadia, you know, is definitely taking the net set. Like, guys, come on, we're gonna we're offering all the games, and you guys are just gonna be like, come on, just just do it, just full on cross platforming. That's it. Yeah, I'm. Again, it's a big if, but if they're able to pull this off, count me in. I'm super interested. Now, last week we had an Aladdin trailer. Um, I was not a fan. Joe, what do you think about that Aladdin trailer? It, it gave me when it comes to the Aladdin live action. Um, I at first with I wasn't on board with the idea for Will Smith, but then I settled in with the fact you know I'm not I shouldn't be complete I shouldn't not be against Will Smith's genie because nobody obviously no one at all could re, could replace Robin Williams as genie, but like he could bring at least a very fun and happy genie to the end, of course pay respect to Robin Williams's performance properly because even he says you know in a tweet some, somewhere, you know, paying his respects to Mr. Williams. But, um, but now, and that, but now it gives me hope for his acting, but like the movie overall, visually, it's too vibrant. Like the, there's just so many colors, even though like in the proper, like noble Indian culture, you know, that's, or Arabian culture, you know, like a lot of things are colorful, but like when it's Disney it's like, let's put a rainbow everywhere on everything even the buildings are purple yeah i i completely agree it wasn't nearly like dusty and worn enough uh i bring that up because it obviously is in live action adaptation of a beloved animated movie and disney seems to be doing that a lot lately they're just like any movie from the disney renaissance we're gonna remake it uh beauty and the beast cinderella sleeping beauty in the form of mm. Maleficent. Um, Aladdin, Lion King, which Lion King looks great. Um, there's talks of a Little Mermaid movie. So Joe and I have had this discussion numerous times, and we wanted to have it here, of what are some animated movies that we actually would like to see? Because there's quite mm-hmm. a few of these live-action ones that we're, we're not asking for, Dumbo. We don't really care. There's some other ones that were like, we would love to see this happen. Now, to clarify, this right. is not specifically Disney, but just any animated film that we would like to see in a live-action version. In fact, half of right. mine aren't Disney movies. Uh, but Joe, mm-hmm. kick us off. What are What's one of the animated movies that you love that you would love to see as a live-action movie? I mean, there, there, there are definitely Disney movies on the list, but I mean, I'm going to actually thought of one the other day. I was like, you know what? I did, it should always be Disney. And I feel like definitely, uh, I'm pretty sure part of our, our childhood and many others that say cult classic, The Iron Giant. I would love to see that as a live action movie. Dang it. You stole my number one. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that. Oh, I have a tirade for that later. But yeah, why would why do you want to see Iron Giant live action? I feel like it, it's it's definitely an underrated movie in terms of like not because like people don't know about it. But I guess because like it didn't in my from what I understand, it's been years since I've looked up to like it didn't do so well in the box offices. Made but, less than 20, you know, like 20 million. Yeah, but but definitely. um you know, it's a cult classic. Everybody loves it. And it does like a show, a good, like, you know, like, Boy Loves His Dog, or I guess Boy Loves His Robot movie. You know, it's like, this is this is fantastic. Why does more people love this? But then it takes me back to, like, you know, like, the Black Cauldron and all that. Like, it underrated, but I guess it was, like, the wrong time to show it, I guess, at that time period, maybe. 
Yeah, so Iron Giant kind of got hit in the crosshairs because we were starting moving towards the Pixar generation of like 3D animated, and it's definitely a 2D animated right. movie, which was a style that was going out. Um, also, the marketing campaign was terrible for it. I've yeah. wanted a live-action Iron Giant since about college, and then I wanted it even more when Ready Player One came out because we had shots mm. of the Iron Giant, which the whole reason I read the book and saw the movie Ready Player One was just because I saw Iron Giant in the trailer. I was like, I... I need more of this. I don't know what it is, but I need more because Iron Giant, I love it so much. Um, right, right. And I think there's a great story to be had there if you turn it live action. It's fantastic enough as an animated movie, but you can do it again live action. My only question would be, do you set it in the same time period? Because the movie, a big part of the narrative is being set in that Cold War paranoia time. And I don't know if it would still fit in the context of 2019 as well. But I would oh, I would love to see modern visual effects take on the Iron Giant. I think it'd be fantastic. I would, right. of course, bring back Vin Diesel to voice the giant. Most um, likely. There's, I still think it's Vin Diesel's best movie, honestly. I mean that with mm-hmm. full sincerity. Um, I would bring him back, but... I. I just think there's a lot of potential for a live-action Iron Giant. Basically, it it's just Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. And that did pretty well. Just swap out the names. It's Iron Giant. <laughs> Basically. Um, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. Another one that I was thinking, because you stole my top pick with Iron Giant. Dang it. Um... Mm-hmm. This is more out of left field, and it's one of the few animated movies that I love just as much as Iron Giant, but it bombed in theaters even harder than Iron Giant. Batman Mask of the Phantasm. This movie will never, ever get a live-action adaptation, but that saddens me because it's one of the best Batman movies ever made. Yeah, I could could see it as a live-action movie. I mean, the question is who they would use, of course, but like... Scarlett Johansson as the Phantasm. Oh, that would be fantastic. As Andrea Beaumont, uh, which, spoiler alert for Mask of the Phantasm, but it's 25 years old now, guys. I think, I think we're, we're, spo- like we're way past like the not, no, spo- no spoiler um, time, time frame. So. I just want a live-action version of the Phantasm at some point. I love the story, but I love the character. The design is fantastic. Uh, and and the developers definitely love it too, to the point where she had her um, had a brief cameo in Ju- in Justice League Unlimited, where they were like going over like how did, how is Terry McGinnis, you know, the Batman that he is. I'm like, why they brought her back? And like, and that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they also had, I think, a couple different comic arcs in Batman Beyond the comics of bringing back the Phantasm. Fantastic right. design, fantastic story. One of the few, like, true Batman mysteries, which I feel like we don't go into that aspect of Batman enough, is the mystery aspect, and that's one of my favorite aspects, because right. he is the world's greatest detective. Um, right. And that was one of the, like, actual true, true detective stories that I would love to see in a live-action form. Like, you don't have to adapt it 100%, but please, can we get a live-action version of Mask of the Phantasm, even though it's not going to happen? Right. I mean, we'll hopefully, maybe one day, hopefully a rebate, remake in terms of like maybe CG. Who knows? Like CG is starting to like slowly take over the world, and with certain rumors that like they're making the first Pokemon movie in CG. So I'm just like, hmm. 
and it looks good actually. It does look good. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just that, you know, it's like maybe we, there's some hope there. Like the fact that they're like suddenly decided like, hey, let's remember out the first Pokemon movie. What? What what other hope is there? Yeah. Um what other ones do you have besides Iron Giant that you're like, I would love to see this as a live action movie? I thought about this the other day too. I was thinking about Monster House. That I could see the the Stranger Things people working on a movie like that. I have never thought about that until you said that, and I will accept nothing else besides a live action Monster House with the Stranger Things kids. Bless you for bringing up this suggestion. All right, it couldn't be necessarily all the kids, but definitely like the writers of the show and maybe Dustin the director. Is, Who knows? Dustin is um, the one kid. And then uh, have, the kid with the um, oh, what is his name? Um, the kid that was also in it. Have him be the main character. Oh yeah, I cool. I would love a Monster House live action, dude. That would be fantastic. Like, it, like they they barely have to work with a huge set, and because everything happens from across the street and takes and takes place inside one house, so. Like that's it's really not it's really it will be a really easy movie in terms of like you know location it's just like how would they write it and to make it into like once again into a two hour or an hour forty five minute movie because I think the movie was that long the cartoon version so yeah it wasn't super long I I hadn't even thought of that about that I would love to see that that would be great I I saw Monster House for the first time last year around Halloween time and I really enjoy it I was pleasantly surprised by it. It's one of those hidden movies. I really like hidden movies like that. It's just like, oh, it's not, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Because like, when it comes to nowadays with, with me, it's like animation is like, it's like, uh, does the animation look good? And then, it's like, then I watch it, I was like, no, this animation is fantastic. And it's like, what, am I, what was I complaining about? Yeah, it did take me a little bit to warm up to the animation of Monster House. But once I got into it, the writing really hooked me in. The characters brought me in. I really enjoyed it quite a bit. And I would not complain at all if they did a live-action remake of it. Maybe have Spielberg direct it or um, the guy that did Night at the Museum. Yeah. No, I think Spielberg would be a better idea. I feel like he, if he was in charge, he would probably make it like, well, hopefully not Super 8 style with like supernatural powers, but like definitely like in terms like visually, it'll look great. Yeah, I'd, I'd be down for that. Um, I have another one, one that you and I have discussed at length, more so than anything else, just trying to cast the darn thing, even though we know deep down we know it'll never happen a live-action version of Disney's Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we recently, like, thought, talked about, like, this, like, fan cast list with, like, James Franco's Milo and all that. I'm like, okay, I could see this. You know, and the question is, like, man, how this, when it comes to Atlantis and Treasure Planet, like, they didn't do so well in the box office, but, but it's because, like, it was the wrong time to show them. For also, the sci-fi world. There's this whole interesting so, backstory with both Atlantis and Treasure Planet of internally, Disney didn't care if these movies did well. That's why they didn't put a whole lot of money into the marketing and right. why they flopped because they didn't have a great marketing is because it was during that time that they were moving more towards um, digital animation and those are hand-drawn stuff. And right. so they weren't really pushing the hand-drawn stuff as much and they kind of self-sabotaged their own movies with these even though both of them are great and both of them are ones that I want for live action ones. I was going to bring up Treasure Planet later, and I, I will once we're done talking about Atlantis. Um, 
But yeah, we've talked at length about casting Atlantis because there's certain people that people have brought up that I'm like, oh, yes. Like the doctor could be Terry Crews. Danny DeVito could be Mole. Um, and all of them sound great. But from a storytelling perspective, I think Atlantis would probably work better as a live action movie. I liked it as an animated one, but some of the visuals and the concepts I think could be fantastic in a live action setting that would work even better. Right. But I feel like it hmm? it could be like remake it could be just like just a complete remake just how that they're doing Lion King just like from scene one to the final scene you know, exactly the same, you know, just like live action version. Let's see how that goes. I'm not saying it has to be, but like it would be nice, like to at least like if they want to test the waters with if they could do it because it's gonna be in terms of visuals. I feel like there is gonna be probably slightly big. I would give the project for Atlantis. I'll give it to someone like James Cameron who captures like a big, you know, hidden world type esque world with Avatar. So that is that's a great pairing. I don't know if Disney. I mean, Disney has a pretty good relationship with. James Cameron because of uh, Pandora, the world of Avatar over at Disney yeah. World. Uh, but he's going to be preoccupied with the next, like, five event, uh, not Avengers. That would be a very different movie. Uh, James yeah. Cameron's Avatar sequels for the next three decades or so. So I don't know if he's taking other, yeah. any other, like, directorial side projects, but I really like that idea. James Cameron doing Atlantis. It'll never happen, but mm, I'd, I'd be okay with that. I wouldn't mind it. And then... Spoiled it earlier. Um, why would you like to see a Treasure Planet movie? I would like to see a Treasure Planet movie just because, you know, like people are familiar with the whole, like, you know, pirates after Treasure thing, but always so far, these recent years has, like, always been in the water. And of course, like the story of Treasure Isle, that's what it's based off of. But, like, you know, people, I would like to see, you know, like this you know, space, like legitimate, like space pirate deal in live action. And cause I really do like pirate, pirate stuff a lot, which it leads me to like loving, you know, like not, it's not fan, like fantastic for a lot of people, but I'm a fan of the pirates series just because even though it's based off of just this little dark water, ride, But, <clears throat> but yeah, it's I, like I just want to see it. It's a bit hit or miss for me, but when it hits, it really hits. I, I want more swashbuckling adventures. I think for me, that's one of the main reasons why I loved Aquaman so much. It had that kind of the mummy slash treasure island type of quest type movie. I like quest and adventure slash swashbuckling movies. And I, I totally get that from Treasure Planet. But also, it was unique enough in its storytelling of Treasure Island in space. It sounds goofy, Basically. but the visual style works so well. And I think it would translate even better to a live action setting. Mm-hmm. I think it would transition pretty well. It'll probably like, like how all movies are, it would definitely be like green screen half the time. But I'm pretty sure when they're actually like on Treasure Planet itself, it'll probably like be a little better visually. But you know, it'd be fun to see like you know the the vo- the voyage. You know, everybody like you know Jim Hawkins and Mister Mister Sil- Mr. Silver. You know, just like try being you know father father son relationship. You know, the father Jim never had, and seeing that on the big screen, you know, who would be the two good actors for that one. I, I could like Zach, like Zach Efron, I could kind of see him as Jim Hawkins, but like, you know, there's other people out there too that could work pretty well as like, like the scrumptled, like re- rebel, you know, so I don't like parents or adults, you know? 
because he's the go-to young actor nowadays, I can totally see yeah. Ansel Elgort as um, young Jim Hawkins. Right. Primarily just because he's in everything. I, more mm-hmm. than anything for Treasure Planet, besides the cool visual style and the actual, like, Treasure Planet at the end, I would love to see a live-action version of Jim's um, Skyboard. His mm-hmm. solar I'm board I'm pretty sure thing. that scene will definitely fit in because that's a big part of him. Like, he's... He's a tinkerer, so like I'm pretty sure like they'll definitely show at least like they did in the beginning with that time skip of Jim on his homemade hoverboard, and definitely would be the escape scene of him crafting a hoverboard out of like a broken thruster and a piece of metal. I'm like, okay, this they have to definitely show like he's not just a rebel; he also he's also a smart kid, you know. Hmm. Um. Do you have any others? that you're thinking of off the top of your head or have thought of ahead of time that you're like, I would love to see this as a live action movie. Let's see. As a live action movie, not too many so far. I mean, just like wondering how long it's going to go. Well, definitely one thing we've always been talking about for live action. They were so far only cast like a I'm one or two people. Three is definitely like, where the heck is that Mulan trailer, man? Like they've been talking about that for years too. Yeah. I, I feel like we've been talking about the Mulan one for years and it still isn't here yet. It's supposed to be next year, I think, but it's been in development for so, so long. Wait, I, we only have uh, that one. I'm going to go out on a limb now and say that the teaser trailer, the first teaser trailer for Mulan will be attached to Lion King. Maybe. Because it's a maybe big movie. Uh, I mean, maybe it's gonna be in the shown at D twenty three at some at some point. Because I feel that's probably they're gonna be their next move. Because I feel like in terms of the twenty nineteen side, I think it was supposed to be set for this year, but it got pushed back. I guess so. Hopefully, twenty twenty will get something. Yeah, I think you're right about that. It was, I think it was supposed to be earlier this year, and it got pushed back. I'm looking at my movie shelf, trying to think if there's any other animated movies that I'm like, oh, I would love to see that. Live-action Jimmy Neutron could be interesting, so long as they don't go full uh, impossible with it. Uh, oh, man. That, that looks movie, so bad. I mean, Nickelodeon has good... Has some has a good handful of live action minus fairly odd parents, but um, <clears throat> but in terms of live action, I feel like Nickelodeon will probably do that on their own as like a one hour hour thirty special for them with Jimmy Neutron. Who knows? But I wouldn't mind seeing that as a live action though. I mean, what? Of course, it would have to be like a new young actor. Because so far, the young actors are like already like in their teens or in their twenties. So. True. Um, yeah, I'll throw this one out there just because I know there will be at least one person out there listening to this that will appreciate my suggesting it. How about a live action Meet the Robinsons movie? Mm, that's a good. That's a good one. Especially, I mean, time time travel, and you know, just just a whole like crazy family overall. I mean, I could I could see it, and uh, maybe. I mean, like, I mean, you did mention Brad Bird. I could see him, like, leading that one, too, as a live-action movie. Like, see if he could bring a little bit of the Incredibles formula, the whole, like, family fun, but having, like, amazing, have an amazing lifestyle at the same time. Imagine his visual style, not the storytelling, but Brad Bird's visual style from Tomorrowland mixed with Meet the Robinsons. 
mixed with Jurassic Park dinosaur, obviously. Of course. Mixed with, uh, I don't know, who would you cast as that main villain, a bowler hat guy? <gasps> Actually cast Tom Selleck this time as the dad. Oh, man, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> like, or a nice callback. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of great child actors that I could think of that would be a great... Um, oh, what is the na- name of the main character, the main kid? Uh, the main kid? Uh, Lewis Cornelius. Yeah, I could see yeah. a lot of young actors playing Lewis. I think that would be really entertaining. All right, That's one that didn't really get that. the attention it deserved when it came out. And has a loyal cult following now, but like Treasure Planet or Atlantis could be better served with a redo in live action form. Mm-hmm. If nothing right. else, I could see it as a live, a quirky live action Disney plus TV show, actually, because I would love Big to spend show. more time in the Robinson's universe, like seeing what the family does. Cause there's a lot of quirky things that was introduced with the family that I would, I would love to see expounded upon. I think that could be fun. All right. Well, I mean, if anything, they could, because we, everybody knows about the, the Disney vaults. So, like, maybe they could, like, one day, like, reopen the vault to sell, resell, meet the Robinsons to see how much, it, how well it does. And, like, okay, it has a good following. Let's, let's see, let's announce a TV show or live action. Who knows? And that way, they could definitely get the love it deserves. Well, with uh, the Disney streaming service, the Disney vault's going to be disappearing. Well, I mean... Not disappearing, disappearing, but like I feel like they, they said they said like we we talked about this a lot. Art isn't going to be the entire vault because so far they definitely confirmed like we're definitely throwing our animated movies out there. But well, that probably not I mean, Song the of the ones, Yeah, I mean, there's I'm pretty sure like there's some live action stuff. Like of course, Song of the South won't be definitely. I don't know if it'll be. Yeah, in let's there, not like, do a remake of that one. Not not a remake, but like you know, like will it be? In the library, will Black Cauldron be in the like? Because Black Cauldron is a movie they want to forget about too because they didn't do so well. It almost bankrupted them, actually. It it bankrupted them definitely because of the fact they had like a directorial change and the director's like, I want this. And it's like, no, don't do this. It's going to cost us more money to redo because the animation is expensive nowadays. Yeah, a Black Cauldron could be interesting. I don't know if there's that many people clamoring for it, but. Maybe you can get it right this time. I mean, they could bring it. They could bring it back, and probably, hopefully, like it'll be at the right time for the right. Because that, because for Black Cauldron at the time, it was supposed to be like coming out during the age where like Dungeons and Dragons and Warcraft was a thing, basically like for all the nerds. But they waited a little too long because they had to do like rewrites and re reanimation. I'm like, okay, yeah, it. It's not one that Disney's particularly proud of nowadays. Uh, yeah, you got nowadays. any more before we take it home? Um, not much from the top of my head right now. Probably in the future, maybe like during a dis- if I if, if I end up hanging out, like just giving my two cents while off off mic about you know Aladdin and all that. But other than that, I got nothing from the top of my head. I feel like we compiled a pretty good list today. Aladdin, uh, not Aladdin. I don't want that as live action, but we're getting it anyway. Atlantis, Treasure Planet, Iron Giant, Meet the Robinsons, Monster House. I would be down for any one of these. Do I think any of them are actually going to happen? 
Probably not, but it's still fun mm. to dream. Well, what do you guys think? Let us know in the comments below. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio channel you might be listening to us on, whether that be uh, Google Play, iTunes, YouTube, etc. Feel free to subscribe. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.